Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I'm the one in charge. I guess it's better than Noah being in charge. No offense, Noah. (laughs) That's not very nice. Yep. We'll be watching, uh, what the fuck was that movie? Robot Holocaust or whatever. One of the very first movies we did, we would be watching that every every week. Hallway full of toothy penises. I I now stand by my statement. I now stand by your statement too, Brian. (laughs) Listen, I've never made you guys watch the same shit twice. (sighs) It's always new shit. For some reason, Alan decided to rewatch it. It's because it's awesome. Well... Is it has emotional issues. That's what I think. Well, he does live in Alabama. <laughs> Boom. Roasted the entire state of Alabama. You, you really got him there. You could pretty much just name any state in the United States right now, and it would, it would fit. No comment. No, full comment for me. As somebody who lives here, I, 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 I said it. I support it. I will second it. <coughs> so, how was everybody's Halloween? It was all right. Yeah, it was pretty good. <coughs> that rain. We. I don't know if it snowed in Peoria, but it like snowed in fucking Chicago and kind of ruined trick or treating. Uh, I got a little bit of sleet, but it was not like very heavy, and uh, was pretty much gone. But it was very cold, and I decided because my ex wife decided years ago. We get enough trick or treaters to warrant handing out candy, so we just kind of stopped. And since it was our anniversary, we kind of went out to dinner or something anyway. Um, but I decided this year, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm handing out candy." So after work, and went and bought some candy. I uh, got an Alexa up on my front door already, so I had it playing Halloween music, so that when I would greet people, it would be playing. Um, I have to put a sign up about my dog because she barks like crazy, but. She's actually very friendly and loves little kids, so I have to warn people before they knock on the door. And I was all set. It was great. And did not get a single trick-or-treater. Well, see, around here, I found Halloween was really cool. Like, the, it felt like everybody was back into it after years of not being able to do it. Mm. There's tons of kids out, lots of, like, not just lots of houses giving out candy, but... Um, like a lot of the adults were dressed up that were giving out candy. There was multiple people who had like fire pits set up in their driveway. So they were all just like sitting around the fire and giving out candy when people came by. See, oh, I firmly support that kind of stuff. That's like the way the holiday is supposed to be. Yeah, it was really, yeah. it was really nice. And our snow came like just after 
all the kids that were done trick-or-treating. Like we'd been home. My kids stayed out a little later than most and we'd been home maybe 15, 20 minutes when the snow came. So it was like perfect. Like it's like, okay, we're inside, we're warm. We can look at the snow out the window. There's not enough of it to uh, cause trouble tomorrow. Like, uh, you know, that sounds like a perfect Halloween. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I know we nerds tend to be antisocial, but this type of thing's supposed to kind of be like a neighborhood thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and I don't, I'm still antisocial. I still don't want to have a conversation with the people, but I want them to be dressed up and stuff. And I walk up and go, neat. And then they hand my kid candy and then we leave. Man. See, I kind of want one of my friends to do all that, put out the fire pit in the driveway and stuff, yeah. and then invite me over. That sounds perfect. There was one, uh, there's like one house in my neighborhood and I, the owner must like run a construction company or something. Cause there's always like multiple construction trucks parked in front of the house. Yeah. And you'll often see people, uh, like just standing around the driveway chatting or having a beer or whatever. And I, I don't know them, so I don't ever care, but they had a full on like barrel full of fire. And like, I think the entire construction company was just there getting hammered in the driveway and like, <laughs> like canning out candy. They were, they seem to be having a great time. <laughs> yeah. See, I have a very long, uh, single car driveway. Yeah. And when I bought the house, I'm like, Oh, ideally what I would like to do is set up like a little mini haunted house up the driveway. Yeah. You have to go through to get up to the door. And I've yet to fulfill that uh, dream. Yeah. No, I don't, uh, I'm not big on too many decorations and too much effort because I don't mind doing it, but I really hate taking it down. So yeah, <laughs> I put up some and we do like a pumpkin and stuff. So, Maybe the next time Halloween's on a weekend, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. You know what the weird thing is? It's one of those things that I think I would be more willing to do it if all the neighbors did it. Yeah. But like nobody ever decorates for. I, I've noticed, if you guys notice, that's true for Christmas too. Like less and less people are decorating their houses for Christmas. And that used to kind of be a big thing. I find it, it's really coming back around here. Like some people put up their decorations for Christmas, like the day after Halloween, you know? So I don't know. I, I think COVID kind of saved it around here where like, I think a lot of people are just excited to be able to do things again. Yeah. So it's been pretty nice. Well, I'm jealous, Doug. My kid even did me a huge favor and injured himself, but didn't tell anyone until the next day. So <laughs> it was pretty sweet because the day after Halloween, he wakes up with like, he, he must've twisted his ankle at some point while trick or treating and not told anyone probably because he knew we'd make him stop. <laughs> so the next day he wakes up and he's like crying and it's it was that perfect level of injured for a kid to be where I'm like, well, can't let my kid go to school. Going to have to take the day off work and stay home with him. But it's not that big a deal. I just got to put ice on his ankle and then we're just going to watch superhero movies all day. It's a pretty good day. <laughs> it's like, thank you Fucking... son, for, for doing that. And, when you, and you'll be fine again tomorrow. We can all just move on with our lives. Perfect. Yep. Goddamn Canadians. That was, that was pretty good. So I guess what you're saying is your kid was injured, but not enough to go to a hospital. Yes, I'm saying that for the purposes. Okay, good, of, good. For the, for the purposes of your segue, I will concede that point. Because <laughs> apparently, hospitals can be a very terrifying place. But luckily, your your kid is not a uh, you know late twenties, early thirties uh, woman in the eighties. So maybe she, he wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, it would be a much bigger problem if he was. I think. Yeah. Um, well, Doug, why don't you tell us about, uh, x-ray? Oh, fuck. Um, 
<laughs> did you want? Did you want to do Al Hole instead? No, it's fine. It doesn't matter. X Ray is. Uh, see, the movie opens up with a uh, cute little blonde girl and her friend are hanging out playing trains, um, uh, preparing to eat an entire cake that happens to be made available to them for some reason. Which uh, we should point out, two of the evil kids from uh, was it Bloody Birthday? Yeah, which is a much better movie Ca- than this. Which came out the same year. That's we should have watched Bloody Birthday. Um, anyways, <laughs> so she gets the little girl gets a Valentine from a a boy, but she thinks that's ridiculous, so she tears it up. And then when she goes in the other room, she comes back to find her friend just dead, and the other kid just staring in the window. Not just dead, dangling from the coat rack. Yeah, in a manner that I don't think would actually work, but whatever. <laughs> um, Cut to many years in the future. She's grown into a tall, buxom brunette woman who looks nothing like the child actress that they had in the opening scene. <laughs> took me a while to figure out that that was supposed to be the grown-up version of that kid because, I don't know, not even close. Um, and she's going to the hospital to pick up some test results because she's starting a new job and had to get signed up for new insurance. Um, something. And- something convoluted that really made no sense throughout the entire yeah. movie. Nope. Well, it made it, that made the most sense of anything in this movie. So it turns out that that kid from the beginning of the movie that killed people is back. I'm not exactly sure why he picked this day to terrorize her, but he has switched out her test results in a manner that will cause her to look ill and be stuck in the hospital. And he is going around killing people in the hospital. And the hospital staff has like treats her like a prisoner for getting negative test results. It's like, for some reason, right? They just, like they just immediately start yelling at her, refusing to let her leave, refusing to tell her why she can't leave, putting her through additional testing with refusing to tell her what that testing is for. There's one super fucking creepy scene where the doctor insists that she undress so that he can listen to her breathing with his, uh, his doctor. What's that? What are that listening thing? Stethoscope. Stethoscope. Yeah. Um, I don't know why she has to be naked for him to listen with that. And then he proceeds to put his hands all over her bodies in ways that are not acceptable. Don't you, don't you know that you need to walk a woman into a weirdly dark room and then insist she take off her clothes for a basic exam? <laughs> That's just science, Doug. Fuck. Man, that made me uncomfortable. Um, and I don't know. The guy's going around killing people. Every now and again, somebody finds out he's killing people, so he kills that person, too. Um. I, I don't know. That's that's the whole movie. And he chases nope. her around for a while. That's the whole movie. Lots of lots of heavy breathing and latex and... gloves that are far too moist. <laughs> and like the look of the killer is like he's supposed to be basically dressed as a doctor, and he has the medical mask on his face, so you can't see him the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it's there's something absurd about it. I don't know why. Like yeah. the, the way he wears that thing, like the hood over the top of his head as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's the additional like splash guard that he's wearing for some reason. I think it's like, it's what you would expect a doctor to maybe be wearing in surgery, but he's like just walking around the hospital looking like that and they're passing it off as if he's you know able to get away with it because he's dressed as a doctor. But it's not how a doctor would be like dressed, like just wandering, this, like doing normal rounds. People running up to him like, oh, my God, doctor, somebody's been killed. And then they turn around and he'll just choke them out, too. Yeah. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. This isn't a very good movie. It's not. 
Um, I don't know. I watched, I, I'll tell you what, though. I had a real good time watching it because this, is, you, this was kidding. like it was garbagey, but it was very, very 80s and very, very canon. Uh, no, see, I disagree. Because canon makes fun movies that are good. <laughs> you didn't think this was fun? No. I would say I think the kills are fun to watch. Pretty much nothing else. The story makes zero sense. I, I have a question for you. Was I supposed to be laughing at the kills, or was I sp- like, were they supposed to be like, yeah, you know, like slasher kills? I, that I'm not entirely. Funny. I'm not entirely sure because this movie is clearly made by somebody who watched Giallo movies and went, "Oh, I get that." And like, and the problem with Giallo is Giallo borders on self-parody at all time. Yeah, I don't know. I because. I, like there's a scene in this movie where one of the t- one of the like four times that he's killed someone and somebody else walks in and finds him, so he has to kill them. I think it happens at least four times. And the one time, like he so he's, he kills someone, stuffs him in a closet. Somebody else comes in, sees them, sees the body, comes running out of the room, and is like, "Oh my god, there's a body in there!" So he just stabs that person, puts him in a wheelchair, and just like rolls them away back into the room and closes the door. And I'm like, that wasn't funny. But I don't know if they were trying to be funny and failed, or if they were trying to be serious and accidentally came across as kind of funny. And I, I, I thought by the end of the movie I'd figure it out, but I didn't. At, at any, at no point that I figure yeah, out whether I don't, they were trying to be funny or not. I, do, I don't think they're trying to be funny. I think this okay. movie is just supposed to be like skeezy and into eighties ish. But it's not even like the kills aren't fun the way like good slasher kills are fun. It's not like, like I say, the only nudity scene is creepy as fuck and not like a, a fun slasher nudity scene where it's just like, you know, I kept waiting for like, because there's a bunch of like, also like a bunch of like nurses and about half of them are normal human beings and the other half I think are porn stars and they have names like <laughs> Kitty and stuff like that. So I kept waiting for like, said you know, this is an 80s movie. You don't need to repeat kept, my thoughts. But in a, in a in a decent '80s movie, though, doesn't like Kitty and one of the orderlies run off to like in Halloween Two? They run off to use some of the therapy equipment for a little bit of fun, and you get like fun nudity, right? Versus like this, where you get that disturbing, disturbing scene of that doctor yelling at her until she agrees to undress, and then when she has the nerve to come out from behind that screen with like a robe on, he like pulls it off of her, and I'm like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like again not not good enough to be like exploitation type like that uneasy feeling you sometimes get watching that type of movie but also not fun so then what's the joy of it yeah i, I was I, I didn't and and i mean like then in between the kills and the stuff like that was just atrociously bad to the point where like it had a like a lot of trouble for me to actually pay attention to this movie yeah. It was like, like you, my, my phone was dying and I was getting super angry at it because I'm like, this is the only time I want to be distracted by my phone during a movie and the stupid thing has no battery life left. I do like that uh, she tells her fiance, I just have to run in and get some uh, some test results. I should be back in like 10 minutes. She's in there for like and four and a half hours. It's like pure daylight out and then we just don't hear about him for a long time. Then cut back to it being like the middle of the night, and he's just like sleeping in the car for no reason. Like it's just you know, sometimes when you're waiting on a woman, you just 
It's like I'm not going in there and pushing her and getting yelled at. So I'll just wait, keep waiting. <laughs> well, and then like, what was the stuff with like the daughter and the ex-husband or whatever? Like, yeah. why why was any of that in the movie? Like, I think it- he was he's supposed to be a red herring, even though it's literally impossible for him to have been the killer. You're, you oh okay. Well, not only was he not a good red herring, but he was such a failure that I didn't even know he was supposed to be a red herring. <laughs> Because there's times where, like, the daughter falls asleep and you see him, like, leave and stuff. And I'm like, but oh, okay, somebody's yeah. already somebody's already killed, like, three people and he was at home the whole time. So it doesn't make any sense. Because there is that weird moment. Okay, but, okay, so here's how much of a failure this film is. Because there is the moment where she calls and talks to the daughter. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's supposed to pick the daughter up. So she calls to tell, like, the husband, like, I'm stuck in the hospital. I can't come get her. But the daughter answers and she finds out the daughter's home alone. And we're meant to believe at this point, based on what you're saying, if he's a red herring, we're meant to believe the reason the daughter's home alone is because he snuck out of the hospital to kill her. Yeah. But uh, several minutes before that, there's a scene where he shows up at the hospital with the daughter and tries to drop the daughter off. And he says, I have to go out later. So you take the kid. And that's when she refuses Mm -hmm. to take the kid and sends the kid off with him. So if he was the killer, he clearly wouldn't have tried to do- drop the daughter off with his victim. Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? Well, or are we supposed to believe he's so angry that he couldn't drop his daughter off earlier that he's now going to kill his ex-wife to so teach think, her a lesson? You think that – so your idea is that this film is so stupid that what they failed at presenting was the idea that he – wasn't going to kill his ex-wife. And then he's like, can you take the kid a few minutes early so that I can go do something? And she says, I cannot take the kid early today. And then that's when he snaps and becomes a killer. I don't know. I mean, I mean that's, that's just when they start zeroing in on how angry he is that he wasn't allowed to drop his daughter up. Anybody else get uncomfortable with all that too? The poor kid is sitting right there and both parents are like, you take her. No, you take her. You take her. No, you take her. I do not want five extra minutes with this kid ever. I do never want five extra minutes with my child. (laughs) Both of them. She's just standing right there. Like guys, that's not how you and your ex deal with uh, Lando. Absolutely not. (laughs) It was the eighties. Oh man. It's, 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 it made me uncomfortable. I'm like that poor child. That actress shouldn't even have to hear adults talk that way about her, even though they're fake, her fake parents. <laughs> what do you think of this movie? Now it was all right. Yeah. Like, like here's the thing: it's a bad movie, but I had fun watching it. Like the kills were interesting. Uh, the bad parts were so bad that it was kind of. I'd, I'd like. I'd like to back it up, though. I want to go through these points. The kills are interesting. For example, which kill was interesting? Uh, I liked head in a box. <laughs> I liked the chick hanging upside down in the locker. That was pretty cool. I liked him uh, going at the so, dude with the bone saw. So most of it wasn't the kills. It was the placement of the bodies after the fact. I don't know. I guess. I don't... <laughs> this is a problem. Because I, I do remember watching it and thinking, well, at least the kills are fun. And now I'm trying to think of any of the kills, and I cannot think of a single one. I, I think the way I remember the kills happening, it's a lot of like stabby, stabby like sort of off screen because so they can and then cut to the body so because you don't really have the special effects and it's like if any one of the kills that we see was the worst kill i'd be like okay like if that was your introductory kill and they got better and more creative as the film went on that's fine but they don't it's just the same thing over and over again and like i said that sure the the first body reveal is the body hanging upside down in that locker 
And if you'll recall, like we get the moment where the people walk into the room and the first guy like thinks there's a body under like this blanket and pulls it back and it's really a mannequin. And then the next person comes in the room and now there's like red stuff dripping from the tablecloth. So we're like, oh, he's replaced the mannequin with the body. But when that person pulls back the blanket, it's now there's some paint spilled beside the mannequin that's under the blanket. (laughs) And then somebody finds an upside down, like somebody hanging in a closet, in a, like a, like a locker upside down. And that's when I started to think maybe this is supposed to be a comedy. Oh, but I, I don't know. And there were a few other, there's some weird like shots in the movie of like an old lady walking down the hallway on a walker. And there was something about the way it was shot that I'm like, that's how you film a comedy film. It's not how you film a horror movie, but it's like, it's really maybe in that, maybe I was just trying to justify this film in my head though. I, I thought it was just atrociously like really boring and that's a real problem. Yeah. I watched this about a year or two ago. Okay. And, um, remember thinking the same thing, like, Oh, this was horrible and it did not get much better on a rewatch, but, like I said, I did appreciate the kills more, the kills that I could not remember a single goddamn one. Yeah, see. Um but yeah, it, it's not a great movie. I'm always I'm always happy though whenever I find like an eighties slasher that isn't fucking miserable. You know what I mean? Because all the time I feel like, oh, I've seen everyone that's worth watching. Uh, yeah, I think where you and I are differing is that I this film was miserable from my perspective i like i would have turned it off probably if we weren't doing it for the show Uh, i just i was nothing of interest happened for me in the whole movie and i'm watching it thinking like i can't believe i have to sit through this and i'm the one that put it on the list this is my own fault (laughs) i was like now i uh i had to work on some articles so i actually turned it on and was writing the whole time maybe that's why i can't really remember the kills but maybe that's better Maybe this film yeah. shouldn't be, because maybe that's why. Like I, like I said, Sorry. like I said, I had seen it before, so I was like, oh, I don't have to pay a lot of attention. I kind of know how it's going, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just it, it was <coughs> I don't, like I say, like when you're bored during a movie, mm-hmm. and then the kills happen, and the kills just weren't anywhere near good enough to pull me out of that boredom. Yeah. And there was just, there was so much nonsense where I kept thinking like, why did that happen? Like there's a scene where she's on the elevator and it starts to get stuck. And I thought, okay, that's going to play out later, right? The elevator is going to be important, but it's not. And then she gets off at the wrong floor and they're like fumigating or something. And there's these guys in like gas masks and they're like, oh, you can't be here. Like you're going to get sick if you're up here or something. I kept thinking, well, that's got to be important, but it's not. (laughs) You're right. It does set up a bunch of shit that doesn't pay off. Like, so I kept waiting for that stuff to come back. Because it wasn't well done, so it's not like you would just leave it in your film because it's a good scene on its own. Mm-hmm. So you would think it was important plot-wise, and that's why it didn't get cut. But yeah. it's not that either. So then what the hell was going on? Like, Yeah, hmm. yeah you're right. Fuck this movie. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I was pretty frustrated by this one. And just, I'm thinking to myself, like, how is this... How did movies like this get made and released when they have nothing to offer except for like one nude scene? Is that like is that yeah. chick? What's that? Her name is. Are like you trying to? Are you trying to make the argument that like Canon Pictures was drowning in such quality that they wouldn't dare? Most of the time, movie. Most of the time, when we discuss a Canon picture, 
there's at least a lot of fun, right? There's a lot of there's stuff blowing up. There's like fights where guys get punched and fall in the water, which was a big deal in the eighties. You know, like most Canon pictures have that to offer. They're, they're really fun to watch, even if they're not traditionally good films. This to me just, it, it offered nothing. It's depressing to watch. It made me sad that I was using my time to watch this. Um, I just read something. What was it? Oh, um, shocker to know, but apparently the day of the one nude scene, mm-hmm. the set was a lot more crowded than it usually was. <laughs> <laughs> to watch this girl get like groped for, what is it? Like a four or five minute scene. Pretty much. Very uncomfortable. Who like, is she, would she have been famous? Were people excited to see her naked in the eighties? Um, like her name's Barbie, like Barbie, Barbie Benson. Benton or Benson or like, I don't um, remember her, but I was wondering if it's one of those where it's like people have been thinking she's hot for a while and then now this is the chance to see her. And that maybe that's why this movie got made. I don't know. No, I mean, looking at her IMDb, it looks like it's mostly uh, like, you know, a couple episodes of laughing. Um, showed up in an episode of Charlie's Angels. Chip, two episodes of Chips. I was thinking know. maybe she was in like a bunch of music videos or something, and that's people uh, were excited for the chance, but I don't Because it's so ooh, hard eight, to tell, too. Yeah, eight episodes of Fantasy Island. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's hard to tell when you watch a movie from 1981, because I'm never sure if the chicks are supposed to be hot or not from this era, because it's like that late 70s, early 80s. I'm like, I don't, I can't tell if women then from then are, are attractive. <laughs> The, the uh, giant hair and the like fake everything. And you're just like, I don't know. Two years after this, she was in uh death stalker, which we've done on the show. She was in death stalker. Mm-hmm. I did not remember her from death stalker. She plays Kodile. Yeah, that, really, that really helps. I remember the character names, <laughs> right? She's listed second on the uh, cast list. So right behind death stalker himself, Rick Hill. Well, she was clearly better in that movie than she is in this because yeah. Was she the villain, maybe, in Deathstalker? That kind of makes sense. <clears throat> no, you know Deathstalker better than we do. Uh, you guys are acting like the women are the main star of the show in Deathstalker, and not that ripped dude d- doing magic sword stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that figures that's what Noah would pay attention to. All right, let's be careful. Yeah, Movie, uh... Well, I'm just saying there's boobs on the screen, and he's like, ooh, magic sword. I got my priorities straight. <laughs> Listen, ladies are great. Magic swords are fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. Movie's not good. I would say probably yeah. don't watch it. Yeah, I would I would go further than that. Same sentiment, but, like, more bad words. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give it a meh. Mm. Well, Doug teamed that one up with a movie called Hellhole. Want to run it down for us, Noah? Yeah, maybe. Um, There's a lot of plot threads in this movie. So (laughs) that that lead nowhere. So there's one bad, corrupt doctor, and someone that works from him has files (laughs) that would prove his bad corruptness. So this. Michael Jackson impersonator from the video for bad breaks into their house. That's a good description of that character, by the way. That is a very good description of that character. I was going to say he was, you know, you remember remember like in GI Joe, the 
Cobra had that like gang of punks that lived in a swamp for some reason. Yes. That yeah. was sometimes Dre- all dreadnoughts. Yeah. I was thinking he was like a rejected dreadnought. That's that's how that's, I was going to describe him. That sounds about right too. Uh, so breaks into the house, kills the mom, scares the daughter, chases the daughter, thinks he kills the daughter, doesn't kill the daughter. Um, she's in a hospital with amnesia. Not just a hospital. A sanitarium no. for women. No, she's at the hospital. And then the <laughs> evil doctor has her transferred oh, okay. to what turns out to also be an evil sanitarium. Run. I didn't realize you were stretching that part of it out. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> run by a, a very tall evil chick who in the normal shorthand for fucking movies is slightly less attractive than all the whores that apparently populate this uh, it's, uh say, mary warnov a big roger corman uh yeah player this this sanitarium there's an awful lot of tit jobs in this sanitarium well i was gonna say that it's called a sanitarium for women and i i was like it should be titled Sanitarium for Former Models, right. because Jesus Christ. Yeah. So what we end up with at this point is basically a women in prison film, but we add another completely disparate plot thread that this main evil chick is also trying to perfect chemical lobotomies, which apparently she uses as a slash punishment for anyone in the sanitarium she doesn't like. She takes them back into the shed and injects their brain with chemicals to try to chemically lobotomize them. Correct. Which mm-hmm. they say keeps failing and killing everyone. But then 10 minutes later in the movie, all the people who she's lobotomized aren't dead. They're in cells down there and they're alive. Meaning, Well, some of them were... die and some of them are just really fucked up. Yeah, but not, none of them are properly lobotomized. Like none of them have the desired result. Right. Uh, so then the Michael Jackson impersonator slash murderer is inserted in there as a attending, and he's supposed to be finding out where these missing documents are from the girl who has amnesia, so she doesn't know where they are to begin with, which means that doctor's perfectly safe, which means all of this is completely moot and pointless. And uh, we just continue on. There's some tits. Uh, some? <laughs> yeah, I would there's say... There's a lot of tits. There's, there's a mud bath scene in this movie. Like, there's just a room where there's a mud bath for people in the sanitarium. And there's a lot of crystal meth, too. A lot of meth in this sanitarium. <laughs> just just to, so we don't have to belabor the point. Roughly every eight minutes, there's a scene where there's two naked women doing drugs. Yeah, and likely... Like, to the point where and it likely gets repetitive. having and some like, kind of lesbian interaction. Yes, and that seems to be yeah. part of what they're getting punished for when they're given lobotomies is the lesbianism. Yeah. I feel like it's just they, they assembled the movie and they're like, oh, fuck, this movie's only 65 minutes. Uh... Film a scene where two girls are doing drugs and then they take them to the hellhole and then they filmed it and they're like, ah, fuck, this movie's only like 76 minutes now. Just keep doing Go it. film another one, not the same thing, but similar enough. Film it and then film the thing after and we'll put that. And I feel like they did that like three times. Yeah. And then yeah, there was then also the, a couple of those scenes already in the movie before they had that problem. <laughs> yeah. And then the movie ends with. She gets her memories back because the dude's singing a song, which if you pay attention, she never heard him doing because she was in the no, other room when that no, happened. No, no. She she gets her memory back because the dude is strangling the no. chick in the hospital using the same scarf he was strangled her mother no. to death with. 
Yeah, but which which she didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. But she gets her she gets her memory back. All the bad guys get their come up and Michael Jackson gets axed in the back. Uh lobotomy chick lobotomy gets lobotomized. Like it's all it is literally if somebody said, how should this movie end? And you were a first year writing student, you would go, oh, you do this to bring it full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. And then she gets she gets away. You neglected the weird subplot where one of the orderlies is part of like an investigation looking into the lobotomies. Oh, sorry. I a- forgot. There's a whole nother. There's a whole nother <laughs> plot thread. God damn it. <laughs> There's a listen, lot of plot in this movie. Uh, <laughs> listen, guys, I got to admit, this is this movie was so unapologetically sleazy that I'm into it. You know what I mean? Just because I was like, okay, no, I get it. Like this is this is like a Andy's fucking Sedaris type, like sure. grody yeah. midnight Cinemax movie. So I'm down, and like the acting's bad, but the acting's bad in that sort of. Uh, artificial wooden way that makes it okay because it's a cheesy bad movie does that make sense the acting's bad in a way where you're like none of these girls were hired because they're actresses they're all hired because they're models who are willing to do nude scenes in this movie (laughs) and that's why they were hired and you know that like the second they come on screen you know that so it's not like you guys remember that shower fight scene that is literally a circle of completely naked girls cheering a fight between two girls that are inexplicably wearing underwear in the shower because they're the two that are fighting and they need to be careful not to put their vaginas on screen. Yeah, I remember that. How would I forget that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's this is hard it's hard to explain what I liked about this movie because like I said, I just like the the Sorry. level of sleaze is if, so if, fucking high. It's <laughs> so high. If anybody wants to know what Noah liked about this movie, I think rewind about 30 seconds and listen to that description of the shower scene. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's a secret. Well, it's not even... No. You scrub, you scrub the nudity out of this movie, but you keep just the unapologetic level of just grodiness to it. I'm still yeah. into it. I'm still into fucking weird <laughs> strangle strangler Michael Jackson, who's way too fucking into his <laughs> shitty strangler lifestyle. And I'm super into this evil fucking doctor that they're like, oh, she's the bad doctor. So let's make her look slightly mannish. Because we have to be just that sleazier too. Listen, that she's listen. not one of the pretty girls, so I she's the evil I, one. You step it back for a minute. You say slightly mannish. I say I was waiting for the reveal of a penis. I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting the sleepaway camp ending because they kept saying that she was bringing these girls down to the lobotomy experiments. She kept. They kept saying that it was like a sexual thing for her. And that's what I kept waiting for because she was getting super mad. At it is it is weird that they were feared to that multiple times. And then yeah, nothing and, and she clearly had a problem with like any time two girls were being lesbians, right? So I was waiting for the reveal that that was a man dressed up as a woman the entire movie, and I was a little disappointed it never came. <laughs> but hmm. what about the fact that you had like the two different guys in there? So you had the sleazy like strangler guy pretending to be an orderly but still clearly dressing like a guy who strangles for a living 
with just an orderly jacket over top. And then you had the good guy who was also in there pretending to be an orderly, who was just wearing his orderly uniform like he was an extra on Miami Vice with the oh, shirt yeah. unbuttoned and the sleeves rolled up. <laughs> and mother and motherfucker. On, on top of everything else, you know, I forgot to say, fucking Robert Zadar's in this goddamn movie is the random <laughs> yeah. security guard. Probably in the best shape of his life, too. Oh, no, it was he looked, shape he he looked young <laughs> and slightly less Zadarish. <laughs> yeah. His this, face this his movie, face was still blocky, but it had not reached full brick yet. I feel like this movie is why we do this podcast. It's like why don't we try to discover just some sleazy garbage that you shouldn't like, but that is super fun to watch. And it's like yeah, like yeah, unnecessary nudity, ridiculous amounts of drug use. People are going to bone while under mud, which is weird at one point in this movie. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Sure. Unnecessary amnesia. Okay. 12 plot lines that don't really ever go anywhere. Like, here's a question I have for you guys. The movie opens with the mother and the daughter in the house discussing how they've got this paperwork and they need to keep it hidden. Mm. Right. And do we know what that paperwork reveals at the end of the day? Are we ever given like, does that Isn't plot line it, ever uh, come to an end? No, the the plot line disappears halfway through the movie. Yeah. Um, wasn't it supposed to be like a bank statements or something like that? Okay. <laughs> That's like, I remember them saying that like at some a, point. You sound like a Republican member of the house of Commons, just going like, yeah, no, we have bank statements. That's proof of something. What's it proof of? I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's like that you'd think that like a little bit of dialogue to reveal what it was, but it's it almost feels like a Simpsons episode. You know, the Simpsons will do like a big long like lead in and you think that's what the episode's mm-hmm. gonna be about, and then all it is is an excuse to set up the actual story. Yeah. That's what this was. It was like all this talk about bank statements and shit. And like we'll go we'll go to the police in the morning to reveal this corruption. And the corruption is just dropped because there's so much other corruption going on when the time they get this this hospital. We should uh, we should point out the giant misdirect in the first like five minutes, where sort of these papers come up, and then the mother's like, "What are you doing? Don't you have to go to class tonight? You you're gonna have to go take your shower." And then they talk for a couple more minutes, and then the mom's like, "Well, you should probably go take your shower." And then the daughter talk for a couple more minutes. The daughter's like, "Well, I'm gonna go take my shower," and I'm just like, "Man, they're throwing in like a nude shower scene like right away." And then uh, she goes upstairs. No nudity. You just see her through like the frosted uh, shower door. So will we? Are we going to pause for a minute and recognize the secondary theme for the week is people screaming at, at a younger woman to get her clothes off, and then she goes up behind a screen, and you only see the silhouette. Well, Does that happen in both movies? Well, and how great! How great is that scene too? Where so uh, evil Michael Jackson's killing the mom, and every time it's doing that, it's playing this in, you know dun 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 music, and then it cuts to her in the shower, and all of a sudden it switches to porn music, and then cuts back dun 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 dun, and then cuts back bounce. In the interest of fairness, that's plot relevant. She was listening to the porn music on her record player, and that's why she couldn't hear the strangling. <laughs> and she's like blow drying her hair at one point in time, too. Like just anything that would make it loud enough for her to not hear her mom screaming downstairs. So the interesting part, well, I don't know. Interesting to us because we're three white dudes on the show, but she, uh, lead character, does not get naked throughout this entire movie. Yeah. 
Um, but if you look her up, she posed in Playboy with her sister. Okay. Now you would say like, oh, her twin sister, because that's something Playboy does. They get twin sisters and All right. they're kind of like, do they look alike? Because Playboy is fucking weird sometimes. And uh, no, it's her sister who's two years older than her. And it's just like, yeah, we got sisters posing in Playboy. Sure. But but no nudity in this movie. Well. I thought it was weird. Turning over a new leaf. She's the, like the only one that doesn't get nude in this movie we should point out. Right? Pretty much. Like, um, yeah, interesting. You know, what I found particularly interesting about the shower scene is she's getting showered to go to class. But then because it's the 80s, she gets dressed up like she's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she's like, she get, takes the shower, does her hair and everything, and then clearly gets dressed to go to the gym. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I'm not even sure I was, if that makes sense. I was like, she's wearing that to class. Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. In my head, I think she's lying to her mom about taking this class as a drop. <laughs> like one more plot of corruption where she's lying to her mom about being in school and she just goes to the gym. <laughs> she says she's in class. <laughs> What a weird fucking movie. <laughs> it was fun though. Like it was just when it when I realized like a few minutes in, when all of a sudden you're like, okay, so it's the story of this corruption. I'm like, how do they get to a hospital? Because I know it takes place in a hospital. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, is this a woman in prison film? But they just replaced the prison with a hospital. And sure enough, I'm like, it is. And I'm like, well then obviously the warden slash doctor is doing some sort of experiments in that creepy building in the background. And sure enough, there <laughs> they are. I'm like, all right. But there was just, the atmosphere of this film was like that, I don't know, that sleazy, semi-campy atmosphere that only existed in the 80s, where it's like, like I know what I'm seeing is wrong, but everybody seems to be having such a good time doing the wrong thing that I'm just like, <laughs> what's wrong with it, man? Come on. Like, like, none of the women who are naked in this film were tricked into being naked on camera. They didn't, like, get on set and find out. It. Like, they all signed up because that's what they were there to do. Everyone was having a good time on set. A lot of the cocaine in the movie is probably real. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's just like, and then they get down and there's just that hallway of like semi lobotomized people, like reaching out through the fucking cells. And you're like, well, first of all, why are the jail cells down there? I'm not even sure if that makes sense. Uh, so her sister was in a horror movie as well. Okay. That's what we should have teamed uh, this up with. That should have been should have. If I'd done that research in advance. It's called Freak Show. After being ditched by her cameraman because of her manipulative behavior at a murder scene, a reporter wanders through town looking for a phone she can use. She finds a small museum where the proprietor invites her in to have a look around before leaving. In one room, she encounters a strange jar, which causes her to have strange visions. Visions that are supposedly drawn from her own mind. These visions make up the rest of this four-part anthology, which includes horror and suspense stories about a junkie chasing a dog for his runaway fix, a pizza delivery boy who gets a Halloween surprise, a living but paralyzed OD victim forced to undergo her own autopsy because everyone thinks she's dead, and a deal between a golf course owner and a grave digger that has some unexpected consequences. What year is this? 1989. Fuck me. That's going on the list. (laughs) That sounds great. Interesting. Yeah. 
So what else possible so, do we have to say about Hellhole? Does anybody have any like big criticisms of Hellhole, or is it going to be a lot of like, well, that didn't make any sense, but why would it in this kind of movie? The, the problem is, is all the things that are bad about this movie are the are things that make it enjoyable. So I don't see that as yeah. a problem. I, I just think you need to explain exactly what you're saying so that we can all laugh while, while we hear it. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing for me is I was watching it and I'm just like, this seems really familiar. Did we do this movie already? And I looked it up and it was like, oh no, we didn't do it on the show, but apparently I watched this a couple of years ago and had no recollection that I had watched it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's funny. But yeah, um I don't know, this movie I like I had a lot of fun watching this because it was just that sleazy exploitation film that they just they can't really make anymore because the internet kind of spoiled like the fun of watching a movie just to see this kind of crap. Mm-hmm. But what about when the two undercover orderlies uh, almost got into a fist fight, but they made it look like they both knew martial arts for like a split second? <laughs> Just for a second, like as if they're both going to do martial arts. Yeah. It was like something out of It's Always Sunny on Philadelphia where they were like posing like they knew martial arts, but clearly they don't. Like, it's... <laughs> like did that, did they just like block each other with their forearms and shit? Like what? Are they going to get in a karate fight? Yeah, that wouldn't work. What about, okay, so the whole movie, every time there's anything going on, it's just these two fake orderlies that keep showing up and dealing with it. The very end of the movie, when they, like, they've lobotomized, like, the chick that does the lobotomies, and they've let all the people out of their cells, and they're all wandering out of that building, and then just a shit ton more orderlies come running out. <laughs> like, Where were they the rest of this movie? Why weren't they helping? <laughs> Or, like, yeah. how about the scene where, like, they bring in, like, the medical inspectors to try to, like, expose the thing? And it's just, like, it's the, the actual metal, medical inspector and then, like, the one guy that's working with the corrupt doctor. And then just some fat guy who just clearly doesn't want to be there. <laughs> and every time she's like, we should check over there to see if there's any illegal experimentation going on. And he's like, I don't want to. Do we really need to walk all the way over there? He's <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> Not to mention, like, then nobody bothers to, like, call the cops or anything because of all the dead bodies. They're just like, nope, if the if the medical inspectors can't find anything, then there's no reason to involve authorities that whose actual job it is to investigate murder. <laughs> um, I like when uh, <clears throat> she's first brought to the asylum and she has to ride around in a wheelchair. Yeah. And the orderly guy, the, under- the, the, the good undercover one. <laughs> yes. Takes it, takes her outside, and then all the women just start fighting her for no reason. <laughs> He's trying to hold them off, and then she has to get up out of the wheelchair and start having a fist fight with one of them. It did make me um, that scene made me happy because I was still like kind of annoyed by the other movie in my head. And when he's pushing her in the wheelchair, she's like, do I really have to be in this wheelchair? And he's like, look, I know it's inconvenient, but until the doctor clears you, we're not supposed to let you walk on your own. So, and I'm like, yeah, that's how you fucking talk to a patient who's stuck in the hospital. You know, just... <laughs> <laughs> that guy is... Like... You, mean, you mean not... Uh, well, your test results are weird. You have to stay here. Well, what's wrong? Just don't worry about it. You got to stay here, though. You shut up. You stop tests. asking questions. Take your clothes off. <laughs> And get back out from behind the screen. No questions asked. That guy is like, he's such a like, um, like the, the undercover orderly. 
who's dressed like he's in Miami Vice. He's such a like good guy in this whole movie, and it's like it's heavily implied that this is not the first time that he's taken down illegal experimentation. Yeah, <laughs> and then like at the end when when he when they've done their inspection and he was like beaten up and tucked in a room so he couldn't expose everything, and he's like having tacos with the medical inspector, <laughs> and he uh. She's like, she's like, look, like, there's not much we can do. Like, we did the inspection and we didn't find anything. And like, like, what else can we do? And the minute she's like, because it's an '80s movie, she goes, "Look, I know you want to save that girl, but she has amnesia and we can't get a hold of her mother. So I guess she's just gonna have to stay in the insane asylum." (laughs) And and he's just like, he just loses it, and it's it's the real like, take your badge off and slam it down on the table kind of moment (laughs) where he's just like, "Fine, I'm going rogue. I'm saving her anyway." And I, thought, I loved every minute of that because it's just so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, um, but, I seem like there's something else I was about to bring up. I, I do have up. I do have one really upsetting thing about this movie that really really okay. bugged me, and it, it happened at that taco stand scene, which is that everybody's there ordering tacos, and the one lady who's just like an extra asks for ketchup and mustard for her taco. What? I missed that. And I'm like, no, no, you're at a taco stand. They don't sell anything that's like, it's like Tony's tacos. And it's like anything that you buy at Tony's tacos does not need ketchup and mustard on it. And I, I cannot abide that. They should have thrown a fucking taco in her face and said no food for you when she asked for for that. So that's my, that's question, Doug. my big complaint about the movie. Since you brought up food, Aaron. What, do you, what do you put on your hot dogs? My hot dogs. Uh, I rarely eat hot dogs. Okay. I will bratwurst. Occasionally, if I'm eating like a hot dog, I will put uh, some barbecue sauce on it. What barbecue yeah. sauce? Wow, that's a weird one. I don't like that answer. Man, it's a little odd. If I'm eating like a <clears> sausage <throat> and it's like spicier, then I'll put some honey mustard to kind of offset the spiciness. All right. <laughs> this discussion got weird. Huh? I, don't, well, I don't like that. I don't understand why we're talking about this, but because a friend of mine puts ketchup on his hot dogs, and I tell him he's he's gross and wrong. Kids do that. Yeah, that's right. It is it is okay you, to put ketchup on a shitty hot dog. How dare you? Like a gross Oster Meyer mystery meat hot dog you can put yeah. ketchup on. Yeah, like the $2 pack of hot dogs that I keep in the fridge for when my kid asks for hot dogs. He can put whatever he wants on those. I'm not going to question right. it. No, mustard only. Well, as long as you're not putting mustard on the top, oh. I'll, I'll allow it. That's that's fine. Uh, how, about, how about when... Uh, Michael Jackson impersonator invites that girl from the asylum to his room because apparently he lives on campus. Yeah, does he? Uh, he lives at the asylum. That's my assumption. Seems to be the case, right? And he's like moved in. in. Uh, he doesn't it's not like <laughs> like he's completely decorated that room. He's altered the lighting. It's yeah, porn pictures all over the wall. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the red mood lighting was something else. Why and why? Yeah, he's got, what was the deal with he's that? Got this, i don't know because it's only the one scene yeah like he it, so she, it's like she's gonna gather information for him but she but she doesn't she doesn't and then i maybe like we see her again in the shower for that fight but that's it yeah. we see like, her why, why why are we even setting that up i think it's because um when they were writing a script what happened is they suddenly realized there was no scenes in this movie where one of the characters took their clothes off and the other character took pictures of them. So they just had to find a way to squeeze that in. And this is the best they could come up with. So We should get some of them their uh, Polaroid cameras. It'll be great. Because it, it's super weird that he like lives 
like, first of all, he doesn't even really have a job there. But I'll go with like he dresses like an orderly and sneaks in. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Because later we do have one of the like, when the girls trying to escape, she does dress like a nurse, and everybody just accepts her as a nurse after that. So <laughs> I guess if they'll accept nurses, they'll accept orderlies. Um, but yeah, it, it, does, so does the the other guy that's pretending to be an orderly? Does he live there too? I don't know. Huh. I mean, if he does, he's leaving to go have tacos with people. So he's allowed. Yeah, I mean, I would think you're allowed to go get tacos. I guess, but I don't know. Why is this dude got to live on campus? That's, you know what I'm suddenly remembering too is so they when the inspectors are coming, they beat up the good orderly, throw him into like a room, right? And he he so he's not there to like expose them, which is like smart. But then he like totally smashes out that window and dives out that thing, and that's never addressed again. Like nobody asks any questions about why there was just like a window smashed out in this insane asylum. You would think that would come up. Yeah. Oh well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Seems like we we enjoyed this movie way better than oh, the last movie. <laughs> like for two movies that on paper are so similar plot wise and like aesthetic wise, this one was so great because it was just balls to the wall, like exploitation cinema. Just like again, a guy was going to have a threesome with two girls while they were in mud that came up above their chests, like. I don't even think that's sanitary. I don't support it, but it's the kind of movie this no. is. Get an infection from that. I would. I. I mean, I. I'm no medical expert. I'm not here to give advice, but I mean, check with someone before you try something like that. Check with an expert. Yeah. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, what did everybody watch since last episode? The answer is not much. The last uh, two episodes, I guess. I watched uh, most of the series Bodies on Netflix. Haven't finished it yet. I've heard of it. It sounds like an uh, interesting premise. It's based off of a comic book series that I never read. But yeah, it's basically detectives in four different times essentially trying to solve the same crime if that makes sense kind of yeah a a body appears in an alleyway shot through one eye and with a weird tattoo on one arm and it happens in 1890 1940 uh 2023 and in the not so distant future i can't remember like 2375 or something weird like that all right well you said not too distant future and Mr. Science Theater theme just went through my head. <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool. I don't I'm still trying to figure out how it's gonna end. Obviously it has something to do with time travel and um there seems to be some kind of cult and or conspiracy of people that know the future. So it's gotta be something to do with the time traveling guy went back and Gave people information about the future, which fucked everyone up. Hmm. It seems to be focusing on the idea of like hard determinism yeah. of of what happens when you know the future and the future is like completely unavoidable. 
what does that do to people? Is it because it would screw you up? Yeah, but it's good. The acting's real good. The characters are interesting. Like the guy from the eighteen hundreds, of course, is this kind of like uh, buttoned up detective-y kind of guy who turns out to secretly be gay. And then the one from the 40s is kind of this sleazy cop who's blatantly corrupt and modern one's kind of normal. And then future one has the weirdest fucking haircut I've ever seen in my entire life. And I hate it. (laughs) All right. I'll let you know whenever I finish it. It's, it's worth watching. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. It sounds interesting. What about you, Doug? I didn't watch any existential television shows. Uh, I did watch... Are you sure? Do you know something I don't know? Are you caught up on Loki? Because that's pretty much what that show is. I I am not. I am not either. Mm. Well, great. That's going to be one of my talking points. Well, we'll talk. You you can can get into it a little bit. Uh, What did I watch, though? I watched a film from Thailand called The Pool about a young couple that are stuck in an empty pool with a crocodile. Mm. Well, a CGI crocodile, I should say, because it's very obviously CGI. Is as um, good as the crocodiles from uh, Crawl, though? No. Oh, well, that's disappointing. I think, I think Crawl was alligators, though, so maybe that's why. Oh. Maybe they're easier to CGI. Whatever. Um. Yeah, so they are... The movie opens with them, like, figuring out a way to get stuck in a pool and then figuring out how to have a crocodile fall in with them. And now they're in the bottom of this pool and can't get out. And the whole movie is spent there. Um, everything is extremely contrived in order to create drama and stretch this out to a film. Like, like there's a, there's a point where they've, they've opened up like a, like a drain at the bottom and they can crawl down and move around in, these pipes and then at one point like the crocodile goes down there and i'm like so you just put the you just put the lid back on right and your whole problem solved like that thing doesn't yeah. know how to undo screws yeah <laughs> but they solved. can they could try new and improved ways to have to like not do it that way and it's it's somewhat absurd hmm. um i mean yeah i mean it has to be contrived and absurd i i remember while i was watching it i kept thinking about the movie frozen just like from 07 mm-hmm. i think yeah. And how that movie is nothing feels contrived and absurd in it, even though it's basically the same setup, just they're up on a uh, up high instead of down low stuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. The weirdest thing about this movie is that it's um, Pizza Hut is listed in the opening credits. I think they're, <laughs> one, of the, I think they're one of the producers. Okay. <laughs> and it's that's super weird to me. I don't Is know. It's a weird they, movie for them to get in the ring with. Like the only thing I can think of is that like are they new in Thailand and just trying to like make a name for themselves? Because there's definitely like product placement in the movie from Pizza Hut as well, but that seems normal to me. Them actually being listed in the opening credits of the film before any of the actors, so technically <laughs> they get top billing because they're one of their delivery guys shows up partway through and doesn't find these guys in the pool. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'd recommend that. I think you get what you deserve if you watch it. I felt, <laughs> like I kind of like felt like I had to. You know, there's a scene towards the end where he puts barbed wire around his fist and starts punching the crocodile, and you're like, yeah, well, I mean, that's stupid, but 
I should have known that was going to happen when I turned this movie on. It's my own <laughs> fault. So <laughs> felt like I needed to watch it. I've watched it. I don't know if I'm recommending it to anybody or not, but hmm. that's where we're at. And I'm not going to lie. My, my next movie is going to probably have a similar result in as far as my recommendation goes. <laughs> uh, movie's called Death Game. It's from the 70s. And the plot is this guy is like home alone. Two like pretty 18-year-old looking girls show up. Basically kind of like barge their way into his home. Trick him into a threesome. And then proceed to refuse to leave and gradually start like torturing him and making his life worse. Is this a foreign film? Uh, no. Hmm. I don't think so. Because this is pretty much the... Uh... Was it the Keanu Reeves movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. So knock knock. It's yeah. Take knock knock and move it to the seventies, so yeah. you get that increased level of sleaze and grime and everything that goes with it, and the guy has a mustache and all that kind of stuff. It's the same basic basic plot. Hmm. Um, right. And I don't like. I have to admit, I was just in the mood for grimy and sleazy on that yeah, day. I get it. Um, <laughs> which is it was a super weird moment where I had like. Uh, like a two and a half hour break between finishing work and like having to go pick up my kid. I'm just like, I need something just like, what's the opposite of work or family? If any grimy and gross. All right. These two girls torture this guy in his home. There's eventually there's a scene where they've, uh, they've got him like tied up and they're just, he's at the bottom of the stairs and there's dumping food at him on him from the top of the stairs. And I'm like, yeah, that's of course that's happening in this movie. And it's there's nothing like there's never any explanation as to like why they're doing it or what exactly is going on. So perfect, hmm. delivered what it promised. It's um, yeah. It, it the Playboy film review of this describes it as a male sex fantasy carried to the point of no return, violent and unnerving. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a fair description of this movie. And also, again, you know what you're getting when you go into it. So I don't know if I could recommend this movie to anyone, but I'm not telling you not to watch it. <laughs> Just make sure you're in the right mood. And that's basically all I watched this week. Um, <clears throat> I did finish up the new season of what we do in the shadows. If you remember the last time we talked about oh, it, yeah. I didn't, I had, didn't have access to all the episodes. So yeah. I now did have access. So I went ahead and finished that up. And I mean, it's, it's outstanding. I don't know what I don't know what we have left to say about that show. Like it's just it's so good. When Guillermo accidentally burns the Baron again, I'm just like, of course he fucking did. Like, <laughs> what about the whole episode where Laszlo's depressed and they're trying to cheer him up? It turns out he was just trying to think if he should alphabetize his books by author or by title. Yes. <laughs> their the performance from that actor is that barriers uh, yeah whenever they come in and they're like screaming all this just crazy shit at him and he goes yes yes very good like over and over again <laughs> like how do you keep a straight face when they're saying all this wacky shit to you uh, <laughs> they, they organize the roast for him to try to cheer him up <laughs> and they're all like doing this the shitty humor <laughs> Um, I did enjoy uh, Doll Nadia and Vampire Nadia switching bodies for, yeah, for a couple days. That was kind of fun. And Colin Robinson was no longer interested <clears throat> in the doll because she was in a human body. 
Again, anything with Colin Robinson and it makes me laugh. Or uh, Patton Oswalt playing himself. Yep. Because why not? I recently <laughs> lost a very close friend. Uh, and then, uh, oh, fucking, was it John Slatterly? So the actor, Batman, the Madman guy. Yeah, I've never who, seen Madman. Who, like... who is sort of a energy vampire on his own. Yeah. Well, the whole thing too, where Colin Robinson like gets a black eye, but it's an interesting story, so he can't drain people because he's being too interesting. Like, Damn it! Like, this black eye inherently makes me interesting to people. And I'm like, well, is it at least a terrible story? No, it's a good story. He's all upset, and he gets, he gets hit by a car when he's like tr- trying to be boring. Uh, that show, I don't. I don't understand how you have what were it, five seasons in, and every season is just like hilarious. And they just they just do shit like all of a sudden like that Sean guy is like in a bunch of the episodes and yeah yeah it's like pretty funny. And you're like, <laughs> well, why is he funny? Like, how did that happen? Like, <laughs> the joke was, oh, the neighbors don't know that they're don't know that they are uh, vampires. That was the whole joke, and then somehow they became like major characters. <laughs> to the point where they got invited to the roast. <laughs> I mean, the best, the best part is whatever the Baron's up there giving his hate speech about, you know, because he's going back to being the old Baron and we should dominate humanity and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And they're like, "Hey, man, Sean's here," and he's like, "Yeah, except for Sean. Sean's cool." Yes. <laughs> uh, God. Such a good show. Got picked up for another season from what I remember. So, no, oh, that's good. That's reassuring for me. Yeah. <sighs> like my, the, my biggest complaint about that show, and it's not a real complaint. It's like, but it, sometimes I'm like, it's so hard not to just binge it. And then I'm like, but then I can't appreciate it if I do that. So it's like mm-hmm. really hard for me to like try to watch one episode at a time. That's my complaint about the show. <laughs> Um, oh, Guillermo goes over to his mom's house to pretty much say goodbye because he's a vampire now. Oh, yeah. And it's just really melancholy the whole time. And it's the last time I'm going to do this, the last time I do that. And then the end of the episode, we find out his mom's like, yeah, he comes over every couple of days and starts doing this. I don't know why. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, I watched two movies. Well, I'll say one and a half. Um, for Halloween, I put on the movie Scarecrows, which I've seen before. Right. And I'm not a huge fan of it, really. Like, which it's one? all right. Like, what year is it from? Uh, it's in the 80s. It's like bank robbers rip off like something, and right. their loot gets thrown out of a plane. Like, one of the guys tries to steal it and parachutes out, and they land the plane and try to go find him. But. There's like a bunch of scarecrows around this farmhouse and then turns out they come to life and they have to hole up in the farmhouse and try to fend them off at some point. Um, but I was, I was looking and I'm like, well, I got all the trick or treating stuff set up. I'll turn this movie on cause I don't hundred percent really love it. And I'm going to be getting up and down so often from answering the door for trick or treaters. I don't want to be watching something I want to watch because then, you know, I'm going to miss everything. Yeah. And then cut to not one trick or treater. So I, I watched this entire movie and was just like, ah, oh, god damn it. I could have picked something I wanted to watch. 
son of a bitch. So, yeah, yeah, not a huge fan. Maybe it'll grow on me someday. Um, and then the only other thing I watched that night was I watched the Out There Halloween Mega Tape, which if uh, anybody has seen, which is a huge recommend for me, the WNUF Halloween Special. Uh, which if you have not heard of that is a low budget indie movie that is not going to call it found footage because it's a news broadcast, but the thing is set up so that it takes place in like 1987, I want to say. And it's like you found a tape that someone recorded like a Halloween event and they recorded that like off TV. And then, so you watch it and it plays out like you would have played on TV. So it's, you catch like, you know, the tail end of something as the credits are rolling and then it cuts to like the news broadcast of the night. It's some shitty local TV news broadcast. Like the anchors are all wearing super cheesy Halloween costumes and whatever else. And they're kind of given very mundane reports of shit going on around town and it's kind of bleh. Um, but during the commercial breaks, they keep promoting that they're doing like a live special from like the big local, like, you know, spooky house in town, you know, the one that's been, uh, empty for like 30 years and people say it's haunted and they're going to have a news reporter there with a couple exorcists or paranormal investigators or, you know, some bullshit. And so... It plays, it plays out and each, they do have commercial breaks and they have, they all filmed like local commercials for local businesses and stuff. And so it plays out and then you get to this, the special and they keep talking about the history of this house and they keep, you know, doing all this stuff. And then towards the end of it, you know, something kind of crazy happens and, um, you know, they sort of cut back to the newsroom and then. You never 100% find out what really happened, per se, but some crazy shit happened on live TV, essentially. Uh, It's very good, very fun. Uh, We played it at our film festival one year, and it won the Audience Award. Um, Then friends of mine who live in different parts of the country, independently of me, have discovered it and watched it, and they're like, oh my god, I love this. This is my Halloween tradition every year now. And it's just fun and has a lot of sort of heart and thought going into it. And if anything else, you're like, I appreciate that they stuck to their gimmick a hundred percent of the way through. So the out there Halloween mega tape is the sequel to that. And it's like, uh, supposedly like it comes and it's, you know, purported to be, um, a tape from Tony's, tape dungeon or something like apparently back in the like nineties or whatever, there were like places that had weird shit that was recorded off TV or just weird incidents and places like weird trape tape trading places would sell copies of weird shit, essentially like bootlegs and stuff. But so this tape is supposed to have come from like one of those companies and it is now, 1996 i want to say so like nine years later and it's sort of the same thing like you catch the end of like this very ricky lake-esque sort of talk show 
that apparently is like a local one. And then uh, they have a quick like two minute news break. And then they're talking about, and, and meanwhile, they've been showing promos for the show called Out There, which is supposed to be like um, like that show In Search Of. It was like just weird phenomena and UFOs and stuff like that. Wasn't Leonard Nimoy? Wasn't he like the host of it or some shit? Yeah. So it's like a version of that. And the thing is, they are uh, investigating some local UFO stuff that happened in the local area. And they're doing it live tonight out in the field, you know, out in public. And uh, one of the things is they've, there's been, since all the UFO activity has been going on, there's apparently like a local UFO cult that has been in the area. And they're pretty much playing into like the Heaven's Gate type stuff. Like the people are convinced this night that the UFOs are going to show up and take them all away to heaven. So it's just like a live broadcast like that. And then weird stuff may or may not happen by the end of the uh, the production. So I bet you weird stuff does happen. Oh, spoiler. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I was really excited about it. I actually bought it last year and then, you know, my wife went and slept with her ex-boyfriend. So my life kind of fell apart during October. So I didn't watch it. So I'm just like, Oh, this year, Halloween, I'm watching, I'm watching it. I'm setting it up. This is my priority. I'm going to watch this movie. Cause I was excited about it when I bought it. So I made it the point that it was my Halloween night programming and I watched it and I enjoyed it. It maybe is not as, as good is the WNUF Halloween special, but it's still pretty good. <coughs> um, and then other than that, I've been catching up with Loki, like I mentioned. Yeah. How is it? Well, what episode are you guys on? I think two. Yeah. Oh, shit. Whatever one where they go back to like the World's Fair, where H. Yeah. H. Holmes was. Yeah. Uh, I'm about halfway through that one. Okay. So you're not into it at all, apparently. <sighs> It was having the same problem this season as it was having for me last season, which is that I was feeling like huge things are happening, but it's being done in this playful way where it feels like there are no stakes. And that's a real problem for me. Well, I didn't mind the first season. and I enjoyed it and felt like, okay, like we're learning some stuff. There's the sacred timeline. There's, you know, all this shit. And it's obvious by the end of the season, you're like, okay, so we're setting it up. This is this is opening up like the multiverse. So this is kind of a big thing to like, you know, set the stage for the rest of the MCU and stuff. Yeah. There is one episode left of the season. And I like the different weird shit that are doing in it and stuff. And I like Kiku Kwan and you know, enjoy his character, which is very much just a grown up version of data from the Goonies, essentially. Yeah, he was a fun comic relief character in the episodes I've seen. Yeah, he's good and stuff. And there's a bunch of stuff that happened that I won't get into because it's the show goes in very weird directions at different points. Um, but we're on episode five. There's one episode left, and I'm just watching it, and I'm like, "What is what is the point? Like, there doesn't feel to be a point this season." It hasn't then been the problem with the last few Marvel shows. Kind of, like we never, yeah. We never really talked about Secret Invasion. And I think oh, yeah, that was kind of awful. we didn't talk about it is because there was nothing to say. Yeah, it added nothing to anything. Yeah, like it's just... But I feel, I feel like WandaVision started out strong. Like it was kind of a big turning point that was going to play into like the Doctor Strange movie and 
whatever else. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. The first Loki season, I was like, all right, that, you know, sets up the multi-verse stuff for, for the MCU. Um, and since that was such a big thing, I'm just kind of like, all right, well, surely this is going to start setting up stuff leading into like the Kang dynasty and secret wars and all that stuff. And, um, like episode five, I'm just like, I feel like we are, we have advanced nowhere past the first episode yeah. of the show. And since it's a time travel show, that is entirely possible, but it's just like, okay, we've gone through this whole series and I feel like nothing has been accomplished so far. And there's one episode left. And this disappoints me because it's Benson and Moorhead are the big showrunners this season, which they did, um, the movie spring and um uh, what's the the one on netflix that's about time travel um synchronic or something like that um they did the endless they've done some very interesting movies and stuff and i'm big fans of their work and i feel like we've been running in place this entire season but there is possibly a reason why and if they can pull it off in the last episode, then I'll retract all that. But so far it's just like, okay, we went through like three or four episodes and have landed in the exact same spot we were in at the end of like episode two, two or three. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm starting to think the whole Marvel shows on Disney plus is a failed experiment. Yeah. It, it really feels like they don't know how to do shows that are, relevant and interesting but still able to to understand that people are going to only some people are only going to watch the movies you know what i mean yeah like like wandavision was good hawkeye was good you know i I liked the one-off werewolf at night i wish they'd do more one-offs like that yeah i thought that's what they're going to start doing and we didn't get nothing it really it really feels like i don't know man the whole mcu is kind of like falling apart right now yeah well, they've said they're in kind of crisis mode. Yeah. And they may try to make, uh, try to reboot some shit. I mean, like, I've heard some good stuff. I've heard that they're going to do the Fantastic Four. They're going to set them up in their own universe, and it'll end with them being converted, like, to our, to their main universe. Yeah. So that's how they're going to justify their existence without, you know, trying to, like, whitewash the idea that they've just been around this whole time. Yeah. So that could be interesting. Um, Definitely, I've, like I've heard that they're going to bring back some legacy characters for Secret Wars, which is good. Um, but man, it's getting real hard to give a shit. <laughs> and and um, a lot of it is just that these D- Disney Plus shows are what we have to work with, and they're not they're not good. They're not interesting enough to keep to, for me to care. I've I think I've hit the point where I agree with a lot of people, and if they're going to continue, maybe it's time to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. Like hard reset, yeah. Like hard reset. Be like, okay, everybody's gone. New actors, new. Yeah. Because I, I mean, what they did, what they did with Infinity War, like the build up and the bringing everything together was great. And now it's unwieldy, and I think they let the opinions of a minority of people kind of drive some things, and now like a lot of characters just kind of fucking suck. I don't, I don't fucking care. Like if they wanted to give Bucky a whole movie, I would totally watch that Bucky movie. And Sebastian stands awesome. 
and he's got what three more fucking movies on his contract and they're just wasting him. And instead we're getting bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. It's a real issue and it's really sad, but like I was sitting at in a coffee shop today on break from work with two other nerds and we were like talking about the Marvels coming out and none of us could remember if it just came out or if it comes out ne- next weekend. And we're all the three of us all sitting there like <laughs> Oh, uh, like the fact that we don't know is a real problem. They just put out a new trailer either yesterday or today. And that trailer is actually really interesting and much better than the last like three trailers they put out. Yeah. They actually show who the villain is, which has not been revealed up to this point. And I don't know why, because it's not somebody that's like, ooh, big secret. But I thought, I thought the villain was the Kree chick. Well, you have to be more specific. Uh, God damn it. What's the name of the character? I can't remember. She's the one that's got Ronan's hammer for some reason. Yeah, that's her. But is she Cree? Yeah. Okay. Well, she's not blue, so I don't know. They've established in universe that not all Cree are blue. That's, okay. That's well. really racist, Brian. Come on now. <laughs> you cannot determine someone's place of origin based strictly on their appearance like that. Come on. Okay. Well, they. It was one of the first things they established in Guardians of the Galaxy because the oh, what's his face the the black guy with the joke at the beginning of the first guardians of the galaxy where he goes i'm star lord and he goes who that guy's yeah. Cree. oh okay um well i don't know who she is i've never seen her before was she in another movie that i missed no oh okay well yep i have no idea i know she had ronan's hammer that's all i yeah, knew and it's a known character so her name just slips my mind at the moment okay well she could have been in the first three trailers. Maybe it would have been a little bit more interesting. But, uh, yeah, it looks like this is going to be a multiverse movie, which they did not um, have not explained so far. So, so I don't know. New trailer. I'm, I'm going to go see it this weekend probably. But, yeah, I even was like, oh, that's coming out like next week. So, oh, so it comes this, out this week, yeah. comes out this weekend, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll go. So we'll see. I don't know. See, the, weird, I mean, the weird thing is I was kind of excited for it, but I just can't get, I don't, I've been so disappointed by the last few Marvel movies, but that I can't really get hyped. Well, I think the problem right now is I go into each one of them thinking like, what percentage of this is going to be a waste of my time? Cause they're just using it to introduce a character for another movie. And I think back to how, like when they brought black Panther into a uh, civil war and you're just like, Oh, great they introduced a new character so he could have his own movie but they did it in such a good way that it was no problem and yet Mm -hmm. every other time it has felt so forced since then and i'm just like just stop just concentrate on making a good movie just tell an interesting movie with interesting characters and quit trying to force things into it yeah like i don't know we'll see what happens but i don't it's fascinating how quickly i've fallen off the mcu and (laughs) <laughs> when, like when I was home with my injured child, we rewatched uh, Far From Home, and I'm like, "Oh my god! Like what? Like what a nearly perfect movie!" And I'm like, yeah. and, uh, and then I'm like, "Far From Home or No Way Home?" Oh, sorry, No Way Home. Sorry. Okay. We watched No Way Home. No, and that's, we watched yeah. Homecoming, um, which my kid calls it Far From Homecoming. That's why I got that confused. <laughs> I refuse to correct him because it's too cute. So, but like, I, like those movies are like good. And I'm like, why can't they just make yeah. good movies? Yeah. Because they're not like, it, those aren't simple movies to make. It was, it's always been hard to make a good MCU film. And they were so successful for so long. Yeah. 
apparently some big uh, variety article came out, which I have not read that um, this woman was doing a big thing about Marvel or something. And yeah. Got some info from some of the, cause they have like a yearly retreat where they kind of bring everybody together and kind of discuss what the plan is moving forward for the next year or the next couple of years or whatever. And apparently after Jonathan Majors got arrested for his domestic violence, alleged domestic violence stuff, they were trying to figure out what to do. And there was talk that they could pivot to Dr. Doom being the big bad out of this phase, sort of sidelining Kang somehow, and then just transitioning all the big villain stuff to Doom. I can see that. Dr. Doom is certainly a more recognizable villain for those of us who Mm. haven't read a lot of comics and like, I think we'd all be, you could bring him in without as much difficulty as like they've had introducing Kang. Yeah. Would it be weird bringing him in without the Fantastic Four though? Yes. Uh, yeah, but with all the multiverse stuff that's happened already, like we've acknowledged that there are Fantastic Fours out there. I think it could be done. I, I don't know. I, part of what makes Doom such an interesting character is that despite all of his accomplishments, you know what I mean? It's this idea of he's a technological genius. He understands magic. He understands all that kind of stuff. But his entire personality is just defined by dick envy of Reed Richards is insane. Like, yeah. what a great fucking character. But you can have it be where he comes in as the big bad, like transfers over from another universe come takes over as the big bad and then we explore that background later right i, I suppose but I, I don't know it's so intrinsic to the character i feel but again, I, like they've done it's such one of those characters i don't cases, know how you though. put dr doom in a movie without doing a dr doom origin well because the origin matters sure but it doesn't have to be in his opening movie and they like they've done this really well when you look at like how Scarlet Witch was in like 10 movies and then had her origin story or Spider-Man was in like six or seven movies and then had his origin at the end of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they've, but they've been able to pull that off. The, the well. problem with that is though, everybody knows Spider-Man's origin. Everybody knows Dr. Doom's a bad guy. Everybody knows Dr. Doom's a bad guy. I don't think everybody knows Dr. Doom's origin and, and Lord knows none of the other fucking movies have made an attempt to actually tell the story correctly. Oh, we're, we, maybe Roger with the Corman one? I was going to say maybe with the exception <laughs> of the Corman one, which most normal people have not seen, which is weirdly the best Fantastic Four movie. It one hundred percent is the best Fantastic. Like, <laughs> okay, the special effects are terrible. Like, yes, some of the acting is questionable, but plot wise, it's the best Fantastic Four movie there is. And it's kind of, it's exactly the way you need to tell that story, too. That you need to start with Reed and Doom in college and deal with the whole science experiment gone wrong thing. But again, I think you can, I think in the MCU they've proven you could you could have that character come in, have him be a major character in major movies, and then go back and tell that story after. If they do it right. If they get the right writers in. I think that's what they need to concentrate on, is getting the best writers in. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Loki's Loki's kind of not doing it for me this time around, which is bumming yeah. me out. And then Echo is coming in January and apparently they have so little faith in that they're just dumping all the episodes at once. Yeah. But there's interesting Daredevil's in his proper suit though. Is that anything? Does does that matter considering the T V show is 
on the verge of them just destroying that Batgirl a la Batgirl. What I'm hoping right now is that what's happening with the Daredevil show is that it's going to be fixed. That somebody is finally going, we got to quit fucking shit up and that they're, you know, they're going to redo the show and they're going to do it right. Yeah. I do like the idea that somebody finally walked into a room, watched the first three episodes and went, oh, this is bad. Maybe we should not do a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Let's fire everybody and start over again. Well, here's here's the thing. You go back, you watch season one of Daredevil on Netflix, and you go, why did people lose their fucking minds for this? Because it was so simple. Like... It was straightforward. The fight scenes were so fucking good. And Kingpin was such an interesting bad guy in the fact that he was, you know, you kind of were just delving deep into his character without direct conflict. He was just doing weird evil shit in the background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it was just perfect. And then bringing in the Punisher was a good idea. And I thought that was good. Bringing in Electra was a mistake because Electra is the death of fucking all things Daredevil. <laughs> and then Defenders was so disappointing. I yeah. rewatched that not too long ago and I was like, oh my God, it's worse than I remember it being. Yeah, it just didn't really work. Remember that time they fucking had Sigourney Weaver come in and then waste her? Yeah. I don't know what. Uh, I'm hoping they can get back on track because I want to like these movies again. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, like hopefully they can like, if it's true that they're bringing in Tobey Maguire and uh, Hugh Jackman for secret wars. Yeah. Just at least I can get excited for like one project every now and again. And with this multiverse stuff, they can pull the stuff like that off. Yeah. Like, you know, uh... I'd love to hear that. You know, they, they've said supposedly in addition to everything else, Sony has green lit a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie because I think they've given up the idea. They're like, you know what? Peter Parker belongs to the MCU. So maybe but, we should let them steer that and we should but keep is that going to be a Sony Miles Morales movie. It's going to be a Sony Miles so, Morales. So fuck it. Basically, why are we wasting our time having this conversation? Pretending. It's <laughs> well, like, well, but one of the rumors is, is that they're going to base it kind of off into the Spider-Verse. It won't matter. They'll and they're going to have Toby Maguire come in and be old Peter Parker teaching Miles Morales. I don't want that. If they're going to, uh, if they're going to bring Toby Maguire back in as Spider-Man, they should just get Sam Raimi, give him full creative control and let him do an old man Spider-Man story. Now maybe, maybe Raimi's a fan of Miles Morales and he'd be willing to step in for something like that. Then I'd be in, in favor of it. But if it's stone, if it's Sony trying to cash in on the name recognition, then it's going to be shit. Although I got to step in and say, as much as I love the body of work of of Raimi, I haven't been thoroughly happy with anything he's done in a while. His, I think I think his magic might be gone. What's your complaint? What what, do you, what didn't you like that he did? I don't know. What's what's the last few we did? Doctor Strange two. Yeah, yeah, it Which wasn't great. very good. Yes, it was. That's your no. mis- you're misremembering it, or you're just wrong. <laughs> Everyone else liked it. Yeah, it had fan servicey bits, and it was not good. All right, you're just wrong. It was a multiverse movie that had no fucking multiverse stuff in it. it had oh, it did, just not for stuff we wanted. Okay, now whatever. 
Now you're doing that fanboy thing where you're like, it said multiverse in the title, so I decided what it was supposed to be about, and that's not what it was about. That's, like, well, that's not at all what I'm saying. It is what you're saying. You just don't like to admit that that's what you're saying. No, it was just it was just bad. I, I get I get why people like it, but it wasn't good. The first the first Doctor Strange movie is literally my favorite fucking Marvel movie. Like, it's it is my favorite. It's not the best one because the best one is still probably Winter Soldier. Maybe it might be one of the Infinity War movies, but they they don't count because those are a different level of spectacle shit. You can't really compare a a fucking movie with a $2 billion budget to anything else. Well, in a movie that's bringing in characters from all these other movies. Right. Right. But they nailed Doctor Strange, and I was so excited for Doctor Strange 2. And then they, the thing that they did was not, it just wasn't great. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I'm not saying it was the worst thing to come out of like, the new phase of stuff, but it also wasn't, it wasn't very good. No, you're just wrong. Sorry. Uh, great and powerful Oz. That was the movie you did Jesus before this. Christ. Yeah, that was crap. <laughs> yeah, was, I never made it through that one. I thought it was fine. <clears throat> it was fine. It wasn't for us. Who the fuck was it for? I don't know. My ex and like her friend went to see it and I went with them and it, they both loved it. And I was like, yeah, that was fine. Mm. I don't know. Raimi needs to get back to making horror movies. I don't disagree with that. I would love to see a new. I'd be absolutely fine with that. That's. Um, seems like there's something else I'm going to say. I don't remember, but but like, what's the next Marvel project? Like after the Marvels? That's the that's the thing is they've lost me so much that I don't know. I'm like I've yeah yeah I don't know what the next thing is. I'm sure like I'm sure I've heard, but. I think it was supposed yeah. to be Blade, but you know they haven't fucking finished page one of the fucking script because apparently yeah. the writers at Marshall Ali keep getting into fistfights secretly behind yeah. bars and on the Disney property. I don't know what's going on with that. Well, and out of that Variety article, apparently another thing was that there was a script that was handed in that Blade was like the fourth lead of the movie, and everybody was just like, "What? What the fuck are we doing?" can't do that for a blade movie yeah if you're gonna call it blade he should probably be the main lead yeah i think they just need to learn how to make standalone movies again and you can have them set in the universe of the rest of the films without having a lot of interactions and really stop concentrating so much on building these long-term stories because that sounds like that's what happened there is they were bringing in a bunch of other characters as well right and it's like just make a fucking blade movie Agatha Coven of Chaos is the thing that's slotted after uh, Echo. And then the next one after that is Deadpool 3. But I think Deadpool mm-hmm. 3 got pushed eight or nine months. Yeah. Yeah, they're waiting out the but, I mean, strike. Yeah, some of, the, like, some of the stuff being pushed because of the strikes. I'm, I'm glad they're pushing it. I'd rather they push it and mm-hmm. get it done right rather than try to rush it because of the coming back to the strikes. But so Brave know. Brave New World would be the next movie, right? The fuck is Brave New World? Oh, is that the, the new Captain new, America? That's that's the new Captain oh. America movie. That could be okay. I do like. I thought Wilson. it was supposed to be New World Order. They changed, they changed it. Changed it. Yeah. Well, that's dumb. Of course they changed it. It was called New World Order in fucking half the country are conspiracy theorists. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other half would just be doing that poor life thing with their hands in the theater, yeah, at each other all too. <laughs> Get each other two sweets in yeah. the audience. Yeah, can't have that. No, so which is funny. I'm bringing me up to a nice sidebar. That sometimes when I'm scrolling through Facebook, 
some reason, Facebook decides, you know what you need? You would probably like this, uh, this Facebook group for um, conspiracy theorists. Here's a post, and it's about the New World Order. So I make sure just to go in and put gifts of the NWO from WCW in it just to, just to help spread the word. Yeah, I think that's important. So New World Order. Then there's what the Ironheart TV series, which. Yeah. See, I think. It's pretty I, much wasted that at this point. I think Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts I'm still kind of excited for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just want Deadpool 3 to be really good. Yeah, I was gonna say this is this is how fucked up their movie slate is. The it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The eighth item on the release order slate is "What If Season Two, which is the next thing being released. <laughs> so there were seven other projects that have all been knocked back past that. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that means they're improving them, but we'll see. From what I heard, I think the TVA is supposed to be in Deadpool 3. Yeah. Should make sense. Yeah. I'm still excited for Armor Wars. I mean, they've got fucking Gun Shield. <laughs> Why not use <laughs> use the motherfucker? Once again, use these mo- you guys have these guys on contract and they're sitting around doing fuck all. No, we'll put we'll put him in uh Secret Invasion. He'll be a scroll. He'll be great. No, no, we gotta introduce 54 more characters in Black Panther. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, Doug, what are we watching next week? Well, I had stuff picked out, but all that... That last conversation was super fucking depressing, and I actually... But he just run in and meow into a microphone. No, he's been sitting next to the microphone the whole time. That's really funny. He literally is just like, hey, hey, stop talking about Marvel. I was going to say, sorry, Doug, you got halfway through your first sentence and I heard, <laughs> Just let you know when you're done talking about fucking cats. Continue, Doug. 12 Monkeys and Looper. Okay, sweet. You, just, you decided you wanted to do time travel. Makes sense. Yeah, I had a whole sentence I was going to say about why, but fuck it. No, yeah. go ahead. No. We're, talking, we're talking about Marvel. No, if I start, the cat will fucking interrupt me again. Uh, I'm excited to watch 12 Monkeys. I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah, me neither. I've only seen Looper once, but I've seen Looper several times. It has been a couple of years now, I think. But I'm pretty sure I remember Looper. Twelve Monkeys. I'm going to be like having to follow along to understand. I think because I don't really recall what happens in it. I I remember like Looper being just okay. Yeah, I remember enjoying it, but I haven't watched it since theaters. So yeah, I remember Twelve Monkeys being wildly different depending on my mood. Like it's I think the, fir- the first time I saw it, I was like, "That was dumb." And then the second time I saw it, I was like, "Why did I think that was dumb? This is awesome." And then the third time I watched it, I was like, "Why did I think this is awesome? This is dumb." <laughs> well, when you said it was dumb, you're wrong. So we can just say that now. Let's just have Noah watch it three times this week, and then review it each time, so that we can understand yeah. all these different perspectives. <laughs> Twelve, 12 Noahs. Just, just watch alternate, it. Wa- watch it once. Get levels. up, stub your toe, and sit down and watch it again. Yeah. See how it affects. I think that. I mean, I don't know. We'll get into it, I guess. But I think Twelve Monkeys was the first time where I was like, "Oh, Brad Pitt's a pretty good actor," and that then feels sort of enjoyed right. it. Yeah. yeah, he's not just the pretty guy that they put in everything. It's actually kind of interesting and fun. Yeah. 
Dude, it, 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 I think the thing that makes me lose my mind is the random Brad Pitt cameos. Oh, like uh, like Deadpool 2? Well, not just like Deadpool 2, <laughs> or like him being Boomhauer's cousin in fucking King of the Hill. And oh, time, yeah. Like Boomhauer's cousin show up, just Brad Pitt. It's just in a random episode of King of the Hill going, hey, man, oh, dang, oh, don't worry. <laughs> that's it. They just bring him in to do that. And that's so fucking funny. <laughs> what was it? The first couple seasons of South Park, like George Clooney came on and did the voice of Cartman's cat. No, it was <clears> the dog. Or the dog or whatever. Yeah. 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 All he did was go. <laughs> that's yep. it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. ER's George Clooney, everybody. And I think there was a point where they... I think it was Jerry Seinfeld or something wanted to be on the show and they were like, Oh, cool. And it was when they were doing that, uh, night of the living turkeys or whatever. And they were like, you should be just one of the turkeys, one of the random hundreds of turkeys. And that would be really funny. And he was mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And they were like, <laughs> but it'd be really funny. <laughs> this is back when they were doing more of like their Andy Kaufman esque type of, Come on, Jerry, play a turkey. It'll be great. He's like, why would I do that? I'm Jerry Seinfeld. He's like, that's why you should do it. What's the deal with these guys? <laughs> want to make a voice of turkey. I didn't know until I watched that uh, documentary. Was it Seven Days to Air or whatever? That uh, Bill Hader worked on that show for a while. Yeah, he was one of the writer room guys. Yeah. And that documentary was like South Park. It was, it was like after he left SNL, I think, and he just moved out to L.A., and they're like, hey, you want to come work on the show? And he's like, sure. And if you watch the documentary, Seven Days to Air, it's fascinating because they literally create an episode in seven days, and but it's the week that it airs, which is why South Park's always been so topical. So they animate everything, get it sent off to Comedy Central. Like Usually Comedy Central re- receives it a couple hours like before it's supposed to air. But the documentary, like Bill Hader, his entire job on the show is just to sit in the, in the writer's room and Trey would just pace around the room and there's like four or five other people just coming up with ideas for the show and just talking shit out. And Bill Hader's just throwing out jokes and everybody's laughing the whole time. And that's like, it was like his entire job. And they pretty much just like create the entire show, like in the writer's room. And then that one's interesting too, because they had to write two entirely separate episodes Mm. because it's whatever it was the week of the election and they didn't know who was going to win. So they basically had to write the show so that they Mm. could record and cut the show to match whoever won. (laughs) And then, uh, but they come up with the whole thing in the writer's room. They talk it out. They, you know, verbalize everything out loud. And then, Trey Parker and they they literally just walk down the hall to the to the booth and record everything. And then Trey Parker has to then go back and then write a script, even though they've recorded everything already, because the like standards and practices from Comedy Central needs like physically need something that they can look at and say if the show's okay or not for them to air it. It's such a weird way to make a TV show, but it's pretty fascinating. And I haven't even really watched South Park in like decades, probably. But the documentary is just fascinating how they do it. Good times. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting how they talk about Matt Stone. Or, no, not Matt Stone, Trey Parker. And they're like, he puts a lot of pressure on himself. And he's this psycho perfectionist and all this. Mm -hmm. 
And basically, by the time the show's ready to go, he's just made himself sick, and he's convinced it's the worst fucking thing he's ever done. And they said, mm-hmm. and that's every time he makes an episode. <laughs> yep. And it only gets sent off because it has to be sent off. Like, if they didn't have, like, it airs at this time, like, the show would just never get made. Because he would just work on it and work on it. So it's almost like a necessity for them to make the show the way they do, just so it'll get done the way it gets done. <clears throat> yeah. And this was before they signed all those big deals with, like, um, HBO and shit, I think. Or was it Paramount? No, they signed stuff with Paramount now, but I think they signed like a big deal with HBO at first. Yeah. I haven't watched. Have you watched the new special yet? The end of the Pandaverse? No, no. I, I, like I said, I haven't really watched in, in forever. There was a while where I was just like, oh, there's like a South Park marathon on, and I would just turn the TV on while I was doing something else, but I haven't actually sat down and watched it in, in a long time. Although, weirdly, I love playing the video games because there's so much fucking fun, and it looks just like the tv show oh yeah so order and stick in those stick of truth and then uh the, the fractured butthole yeah yeah <laughs> and i think there's a third game which i'm excited please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.